0: Welcome to Hear for Good, the podcast of the Jewish Federation of St. Louis. I'm Karen Scher, Vice President of Community Engagement for Federation. As hopefully you know by now, we are in our 100 days to make an impact, about halfway through in fact. When you give to the Jewish Federation of St. Louis, you are part of something larger than yourself. You are connected to others who believe in a shared responsibility to our community. As we say, our traditions are timeless, our needs are now. And those needs are front and center in the topic of this episode. It is a sobering fact that today, right now, as you are listening to this podcast, hundreds of Jews in our community are hungry. They may have gone without a meal or cut back on how much they and their families had to eat today. Others are homeless and others are living on the edge of homelessness. These are our community members living in poverty. And studies have shown that fully one in four Jews in the St. Louis area live at 250% of the poverty line or below. That number is important, as families at that level and below find the cost of engagement with Jewish life, schools, camps, programs, memberships, even kosher food, prohibitively expensive. To put a spotlight on the issues those in poverty encounter every day, not just within the Jewish community, but in the general community, Congregation Temple Israel, in collaboration with the National Council of Jewish Women St. Louis Section, will be hosting a Community Action Poverty Simulation Experience. We have with us today Nancy Litz, one of the co-chairs of the simulation event, representing Temple Israel, and Felice Joyce, Vice President of Advocacy for NCJW, National Council of Jewish Women. Felice, I'd like to start with you. Can you tell me a little about... The poverty simulation?
1: Well, one of the reasons we decided to even undertake the poverty simulation is although we're bombarded with statistics all the time about poverty existing in our communities, we also know that just knowing is not enough, but we actually have to change how we feel in our hearts toward this. So we picked to have the community action agency do their simulation poverty experience so people can become more sensitized and feel in their hearts what are the frustrations that would occur if you were someone living in poverty and trying to manage your daily life and the challenges that you face so the this poverty session is a simulation is a hands-on experience That to help us understand the human cost of poverty and the effect that it has on the cycles of drug and alcohol abuse, violence, incarceration, and teen pregnancy. So, participants will have four weeks. These weeks are actually 15-minute sessions. Okay. And each 15-minute session will be a week in the life of a person in poverty And they will have to make decisions and find basic necessities, food, shelter, and clothing, and get to see the challenges that someone living in poverty is. Many people who live in poverty include single parents, people with disabilities, and the elderly living on Social Security. And at the end of the session, people will gather together to discuss their experiences and how they felt and how it impacted them, and perhaps come up with answers for what changes can be made. Because the most important thing is to actually take action and make change in our communities. And the Jewish community is really a microcosm of our larger community. So we're hoping to, um, we could accommodate a to 88 participants, we're hoping to have at least 50 participants. It's going to take place on November 14th, which is a Thursday evening from 6:30 to 9:30 at Temple Israel in their Isserman Auditorium, and anyone um, 13 years and older can attend. We are charging $15 per family, or if you're just an individual, it will be um, $15, and light snacks will be provided. This is not just limited to people in the Jewish community uh, or just to families. I think it also includes people who work for social service agencies, people who may be educators, people who come into contact with low-income persons. That's so interesting,
0: uh, Felice. Thank you for sharing that. And Nancy, representing Temple Israel, what made Temple Israel decide to be part of this poverty simulation? And can you tell me a little bit more about, you know, we talked about the Jewish community at the beginning, but really this is about our St. Louis region, and maybe tell us a
2: little bit more about some of those poverty statistics in the region. Sure. It's it's pretty discouraging, really, to hear the statistics and to understand the direction that the statistics are moving. Nationally, we know that about 14% of Americans are living in poverty. That's over 40 million people. The St. Louis number in St. Louis City, our poverty rate is 25%. And even in St. Louis County, we're right at 10%, which is, is pretty horrifying. I think that it's very easy for those of us who are not in that set of circumstances to buy into the meritocracy mythology that says, I worked hard for what I've got. If those, those people, whoever those people are, just worked hard, there wouldn't be a problem. Even the simulated experience really helps you understand the fallacy in that sort of thinking our two groups came together around this because both of our groups are engaged in some very significant kinds of direct service activities. NCJW, of course, is famous for their back-to-school store, and there are other activities as well where they're working to contribute to the lives of women, children, and families. Temple Israel partners with Monroe Elementary School in the South City um, and has adopted that school and works very closely with that population of which the vast majority are unfortunately unhoused, and we also do a big Thanksgiving dinner. We felt that we wanted to accomplish a couple of things with this. We wanted to help the volunteers who work on those projects have a deeper understanding and a deeper level of empathy, not sympathy, but but really an understanding of the lives of the people that they're working to help. And we also wanted to help them understand, to help our, our volunteers and people within our organizations who are not yet volunteering in those efforts to understand that more than a handout is needed, that so many of the issues that keep people in poverty are structural and policy issues, and that that those of us who have a voice and have the bandwidth to spend our time in speaking out about those issues really need to be both informed and motivated to take that action. So after they go through the simulation, are there actionable items
0: or ideas that you present to the participants of things that they can do
2: following this experience? Well, the beautiful thing is that the debrief at the end of the session really allows people to think deeply about the beliefs that they might have had in the past and how this experience has changed those opinions. And also, based on the barriers that they find themselves encountering when they're in the role of a person living in poverty, they start to identify what are some of the issues We feel like we already do, in both organizations, a pretty darn good job of doing that that Band-Aid short-term kind of help, and enrolling additional volunteers to work with the kids in the schools or to help it back to school store is a terrific step. But what I hope people will find is that, for instance, when in their role play, they can't get to let's say, the food stamp office or their doctor's appointment because the bus schedule won't allow them to get there, that they'll make the connection and say, gosh, I just heard that Metro is cutting back on the number of bus stops. Help me understand how that's going to make things better and what can I do to have a voice on that. Police mentioned that the charge to attend the event is $15. That's not a random number plucked out of thin air. That is broadly considered the absolute minimum hourly wage that would allow someone to live safely and securely here in St. Louis. So when our participants start to understand how little it would be covered even at that rate, and that is not the legal minimum wage in the state of Missouri at all, that that might be another issue that they would choose to be involved in. So getting involved in some of the policy um,
0: issues, and is this to bring people to speak with their
1: legislators? Are there there certain policy areas that you
0: are working on?
1: Well, actually... We're often separated from poverty because of our transportation system, because of our housing system, because of our education system, and because of our health system. And we don't often interact with people that are poor or know that we're interacting with people that, that are poor. And so... But tell me more, a little bit more about that, so that we're not going to where they're living or we don't recognize them when we see them. It's actually both. You know our housing system is really just low income housing is usually in neighborhoods that are segregated from uh, people of greater means um, our the schools that are being attended to usually children are not exposed to other children of a variety of income levels, but they tend to cluster in like I won't say like-minded, but like, like socioeconomic levels, yes. Yeah. And um, who we go to for our health care providers um, is very similar. So we have very different experiences when we talk about transportation, housing, health care.
0: Okay. And so this simulation, and getting back to the simulation piece of it, what actually happens during one of those 15 minutes You may have mentioned it a little bit before, but I'm just trying to get a sense for our listeners that since we are not living among one another and we're not seeing it on a day-to-day basis, how does this simulation really help us have a deeper understanding of the real systemic issues at play and give us that more emotional connection, I
2: guess? Well, it it starts out feeling almost like a game. So each participant is assigned to a role within a group of four participants who are defined as a family. And each participant gets a name badge with their role on it. Each family group gets a Ziploc baggie with an assortment of assets, resources, some money, some bus passes, etc., and then a list of the tasks that they need to go through in this week. And how can they stretch those resources to cover those tasks? And very quickly, it's almost a little humorous when people acting on the assumption that it's a game and being a group of people that's relatively accustomed to winning at the things we tackle, how quickly people start to complain about the game. This is dumb. This is crazy. I can't do this. What's wrong with this system? Interesting, interesting. And and over time, they start to realize that, oh, it's not a game. It really is a system, and the system is broken. Nobody can do what these family units are assigned to do because there aren't adequate resources. It simply can't happen. And, boy, what what a mental game changer that can be. I have been through one of these before, and found that participants literally started stealing from one another, and you know, pushing people out of the way. So they really got into their
0: roles. I, I mean, mean, and not even recognizing that what they were doing probably is is
2: really that that's that's workable. real life, and there there are situations within the the script that the volunteers are are doing because there are there's an entire company of volunteers who comes in to put on this simulation so there is the policeman and there is the teacher at your kid's school and there's the bus driver who won't let you on the bus because you don't have the token and
1: you have to go to the bank and the utility company and you have to go to the pawn shop and you have to go to the quick cash shop and the community health center and the hospital. So you're really in the homeless shelter. So you're, you're going through, again, all of these places in the community where many of us don't walk those streets. And this is all happening
0: at Temple Israel on the 14th of November? Yes, it is. Yes. And you're bringing these group of volunteers. So is this an organization that you are working with that
2: has done this in met multiple communities? Absolutely. It's the it, Community Action Agency of St. Louis County. It's not something that we invented or that we've just tossed together. It's an incredibly well-crafted, well-designed, and well-executed program. Even to the extent that the volunteers are trained in their roles, not necessarily to be as supportive and collaborative and take, taking that the customer is always right
0: attitude. Right. This is a that, real simulation. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's supposed to reflect the reality
2: of these people's lives. Absolutely. And, and to experience the frustration when the person across the counter won't help you or collaborate with you in the way that we're accustomed to, um, is quite an eye-opener. It's just fascinating. Um, have they given any
0: statistics as far as how many people then get engaged with the, the, the real work of what we really need to do to create systemic change? Do, we see, do they see that this has really changed the lives of those people who participate in this type of simulation?
2: Well, I can only speak for the experience at Temple Israel, but when we initially made the decision to adopt the Monroe Elementary School and have our volunteers work with the students, work on the physical property, be involved in a number of ways, we did this poverty simulation during the high holidays that year. We saw a wonderful surge of people stepping forward, to work in that particular project, I think it's an ongoing issue of education that we can never really walk in someone else's shoes, but the more often we have the opportunity to explore at continually deeper and deeper levels, I feel sure that, that I'll come away with new insights from going through this a second time, even though I'm very involved in social justice work through both Temple Israel and NCJW. But it's one of those issues where just when you think you've got it, you have one of those head slap moments and go, oh my gosh, I didn't understand at all. And when you're not living that, and
0: you're not exposed to that on a daily basis or weekly basis or monthly basis, you don't, you kind of tend to become more calloused again. So it sounds like that this simulation kind of brings this reality to life for people that have no exposure and to continue to have that ongoing education and that ongoing connection is really a, a key to the success of this type of program. And
1: I think it's also to engender engagement, to volunteer. I know um, Nancy had mentioned the back-to-school store at uh, NCJW, but we also have throughout the year Kids Community Closet where we provide basic necessities and clothing and personal care items to over 27 elementary schools where 90% of the children qualify for reduced lunch. And we have a Healing Hearts Bank where we make microloans of $500 or less at a low interest to women and families with children. And so we find that if someone starts to participate in the back-to-school store, then they start to also work at the kids' community closet, or they decide to explore the Healing Hearts Bank. And, you know... It is endless, but we're here to engage each other. We're here to live in relationship with each other, and this is the way that we go about doing that. That's just so beautifully said,
0: and the fact that we are so responsible for one another and to build those relationships and to be in relationship with others is is what you're providing and offering to the community, which um, is such a gift. And you mentioned that for the participants, they have to be 13 and over. Do you foresee getting a lot of the the teens coming out and um, participating in the
2: simulation? Have you had that before? Well, we're we're certainly hoping for that. And um, I know at Temple Israel, we're working with our confirmation class, for instance, to encourage them to participate. We wish that it didn't have to be on a school night. But because of the constraints of our faith, Saturday doesn't work. And because most of the volunteers are actively involved in their Christian congregations, a Sunday doesn't work. So we're hoping that parents and families will recognize that the value of this is so extreme and so lifelong. And we're serving refreshments. Of course, we um, <laughs> have to
0: serve food. At an event. That's right.
2: That's right. Um, so that we're hoping that people will be willing to make that one evening commitment to join us. And it's important to be super clear that this is not limited to NCJW members and Temple Israel members. It's something that the two organizations are jointly sponsoring for the entire Jewish community. So anyone who wants to join us is welcome, and the registration information um, is on the website at Temple Israel. And what is that website? Um, it's ti-stl.org, and to find the poverty simulation registration, you just add backslash and the word poverty. Terrific! And is there a person there that they can also call to contact if they
0: can't, you know, get online?
2: Sure, I would think that Martina Stern, S-T-E-R-N, would be that person. And the phone number at Temple Israel is 314-432-8050, um, and Martina's extension
1: is 233 Now, this is not just limited um, to members of the Jewish community. In fact, we've had um, about 10 elementary education students from Missouri State University express interest in attending this. Because I guess they are looking in the areas in which they are seeking work in the future, so that again they could understand the children that they might be working with. Well, I and think that would be such an important population to engage in this kind of
0: simulation. Are the educators working in those school districts in those in those areas um, where this is really a prevalent issue?
1: Absolutely,
0: percent
1: of children in St. Louis live in poverty. Say that again. 40% of children in St. Louis live in poverty. That is an astounding
0: figure. It it just is. And I hope that our listeners are really paying attention to that statistic and the real issue and challenges that our, our region faces around the issues of poverty
2: I was speaking a few days ago with a gentleman who, as a matter of active choice, lives in a financially disadvantaged area, and he tells the story of responding to a knock on his door while he was in the middle of lunch, and he picked up his sandwich, walked to the door, and there was a little girl from his neighborhood. And before she even moved on to what she wanted to ask him that prompted this knock on his door, the first thing she said to him was, at your house, do you eat every day? Uh, wow. Yeah, it just, it it's takes your breath away to imagine not being able to provide your child a meal. It's heartbreaking, and it's a
0: such, it's so important what you are doing and NCJW, at Temple Israel, what you're doing for the community by offering this opportunity. Is there anything else that you would like to share about this experience that you want our listeners to know? Again, the date is November 14th. It is a a 6:30 to 9:30 p.m. uh, at Temple Israel. And uh, you can go on the Temple Israel website for
1: more information. And money, the bottom line is money should not be a barrier for you to participate. So whether it's $15, which is
0: really more representative of what it would take for a, a, an hourly wage to be able to live a life where they can out of poverty. And so that's really why you do the $15. But I just want to thank you both, uh, Nancy and Felice, for being here and really shining a light on such an important and an area that we need to be focusing on for our community um, this issue of poverty, this issue of this emotional connection that we need to develop to really understand what's happening in our community so that we can make a difference, so that we can step in and say, this, this the system isn't working and we've got to create the change we want to see to make better lives for others. Yes.
1: You know, the Jewish value of rachami, which is to have compassion, it goes beyond empathy and it has an action component. And that's what compassion is. And in order to do that, we have to walk in someone else's shoes, and we have to become so close to them that they're no longer the other. And, th- and, this- and this is the value that sustains us, and this is the value that is part of our rich tradition. Beautiful. Beautifully said. I can't say
0: any more to that. Thank you so much again for being with us today. And I hope that all of our listeners out there will sign up and be part of this simulation on November 14th. Addressing needs of poverty is a key priority for Jewish Federation of St. Louis. We can only accomplish this with the support of our community. Working collaboratively with community leadership, and thanks to the philanthropy of thousands of volunteers and donors, Federation makes strategic community investments that go right to the very heart of the better world we all want. Federation is now in our 100 days to make an impact. The name of this podcast is a play on our motto, Here for Good which drives all of the work we do at Federation. Please visit jfedstl.org today to make your donation. Before we go, we always like to highlight a few of the many events going on in our community. Searching for Survivors, the Fate of the St. Louis Passengers will be presented on Sunday, October 6th at 7 p.m. The talk by Scott Miller, former Director of Curatorial Affairs at the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum, will take place at the Kaplan-Feldman Complex, 12 Millstone Campus Drive. He will discuss his decades-long search to uncover the fate of every passenger from that ill-fated voyage. Are you looking for an event designed to test the mind, body, and spirit and gather your friends together for this evening of hilarity and crazy challenges? On October 19, teams of 10 will go head-to-head in a variety of athletic and non-athletic Games that require teamwork, resourcefulness, determination, and an ability to make decisions on the fly as the jauntlet returns to the J. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to Here for Good.